Phew, thank God we're in the shelter. Outside, well, it is not looking good. The rain is coming down hard. The wind, I don't know, a hundred miles an hour? The power's just gone out and my hair is ruined. How am I supposed to come back from that? Surely it can't get much worse than this, can it? I wouldn't be so sure because this is Hurricane Esposito and it's only just getting started. Hurricanes can be deadly, but we're gonna get through this together. How? Let's find out. Hello, and welcome to Survive or Die Trying, a brand new podcast where we'll be talking about surviving anything and everything life can throw at you. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm a comedian, actor, writer, and survival expert. With the help of some amazing guests, I'll be helping guide you through some of life's stickiest situations, like a zombie apocalypse, a bad breakup. No topic is off the table, and we'll be bringing you some tips and tricks every week with a new episode out each Wednesday. But before we start, I should probably say this show is for entertainment purposes only. We're not what you'd call experts in the traditional sense or the modern sense or like any sense, really. But we will certainly do our best. And today we'll be talking about surviving a hurricane. Today, we're going to be talking about hurricanes, which honestly, I don't have a ton of experience with. I'm from Chicago, the Midwest. I'm from Illinois, where we have tornadoes. I also had a friend from Dubai in college. They had sandstorms. Now I live in in California. We have earthquakes. But my friend from Florida, now she knew a lot about hurricanes. I think it's from her that I first learned that they have names you know, like alphabetical names. It is a bummer that there has not yet been a Hurricane Cameron. I don't know that I should say it's a bummer. I just, I just am open to my name being in the rotation. What do you think about, uh, has there been an Alex, producer Alex Andeveld? Do you know? I don't think there has been. I do quite enjoy the idea of there being a really severe Hurricane Cameron. And you sat there and 99% of you saying, that's heartbreaking, devastating, my heart goes out. Having said that, oh god, oh god, I mean, if there is going to be a hurricane, I wouldn't mind it being my name. I think I've just revealed myself to be a bad person. I I don't know that I'm a good person. Well, you know, it's it's very difficult to tell with these things, uh, and I'm sure it's definitely not something that could come back to haunt you in the future. (laughs) Thank God this isn't being recorded. (laughs) So let me tell you, hurricanes are tropical storms that form in the Atlantic Ocean, specifically with wind speeds of at least 74 miles per hour. They have three main parts. The eye, that's like the calm part in the center, the eye wall where the winds and rains are strongest, and then the rain bands, which spin out from the center and give the storm its size. Now, I guess my biggest question about hurricanes, which is really for hurricanes, is like, do they ever have bad eyes? I mean, I've been wearing glasses since I was two. This is a terrible joke. Alex, let's just move on and pretend I don't say that. <laughs> but keep this in the episode so people know what my personality is like. Okay, what are the first things that come to mind when you think about hurricanes, especially as somebody who I think doesn't know anything about them either? Yeah, or, or, to be honest, I, I sort of like growing up in England, we knew about hurricanes roughly. You know, you hear about some devastating hurricanes normally in the south of the US and, you know, um, the Caribbean. But I didn't really know what made up a hurricane. You hear things like, you know, Category 3, Category 4, Category 5 hurricanes. Oh, yeah. And I think it's actually, the way they define them is 
it's to do with, obviously, as you described, they're tropical storms. They normally have a massive, massive breadth, unlike, say, a tornado, which can be quite specific. They can stretch over hundreds of miles. And the only thing that differentiates the way they sort of work out which category a hurricane is in is by using something called the Sophia-Simpson scale, where it's basically just its wind speed. It's, it's how fast the wind is blowing during a hurricane determines what category it ends up being. And the Simpson from that is not Marge, Homer, uh, nor Bart. Yeah, I mean, it would be worrying if it was a Homer Simpson scale. <laughs> yeah, that is that is funny because it is one of those things where they sort of openly discuss a scale that I don't have any context for. It's like a code red situation where I'm like, why don't, I don't know what the codes are. I'm unaware of the rainbow <laughs> that makes up the various levels of thing, whatever this is. I think a code blue might be when someone's dying, and I only know that because of Grey's Anatomy. I, I'm unsure. I don't even know if that's actually real. Oh, so, like, if I think about hurricanes, even that I've seen— So there's obviously Katrina. Like, that, that comes to mind as mm. a massive disaster that— hugely impacted the U.S. and brought up all sorts of social justice issues and that I saw on TV and in Beyonce videos. I know you didn't grow up with hurricanes particularly. Would you say you're scared of them? Like, do you think people as a general rule? I don't think, weirdly, despite how devastating they are, I don't think generally they they are perceived as being as bad as some other, you know, natural disasters, which is quite odd. Well, no, I mean, because I think my understanding of hurricanes is that, like, the chain reaction that happens, levees breaking and massive flooding that strands people in their homes, power going out for large periods of time. I'm assuming if I was in a hurricane, I would also be terrified because I'm a person, you know, with feelings. <laughs> Um, I also feel like I would probably yell to somebody in a nearby room, batten the hatches. I don't even know what that means, but I think it's what you do at that point. I don't know what the hatches are or what it means to batten them, but I, I'm aware that you're supposed to yell that. <laughs> That's a very good point, actually. You, you do sometimes think batten down the hatches. I don't. Uh, that could mean anything. <laughs> that might as well be another language. <laughs> Okay, today on the show, we'll be talking about hurricanes and some of the problems they bring. We'll hear about a Florida man. It's always a Florida man who survived severe flooding by hiding in a fridge. And that is also the plot of an Indiana Jones movie. Of course, we'll also be trying our future survive, thrive, or take a dive. All that and more coming right up. We'll be back after this. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We're a new show breaking down the anime and pop culture news you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> and we agree on some things, but not on everything. Oof. 
I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. All right, besides the aftermath that I was just talking about, the, the risks that hurricanes bring, heavy rains, strong winds, flooding, that's when you see all those photos of like people kayaking down their own street. I always wonder, like, did, how many people really own kayaks? That's my first question. Alex, anything else you, you wonder about when it comes to uh, rains, winds, and flooding? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a really interesting one about alligators. No. And to a lesser extent, sharks. What are you talking about? So, obviously, you get this massive hurricane. You get these massive hurricanes. And as you say, normally, first of all, that some of the biggest risks, you can get 150-mile-an-hour winds, you know, pounding houses, houses being ripped apart, cars floating away. And the big thing is flooding, especially on these coastal towns. You'll get the water surge by maybe 10 feet in the sea or in the swamps. And as a result, even after the hurricane subsides, you have these streets full of water, which hasn't been pumped out. So some very hungry alligators find themselves slightly lost and confused. What? what are you talking about? In the middle of towns in Louisiana, just wandering around. I was just in Costa Rica and I saw some alligators. They might have been crocodiles. I'm sorry to the universe for not knowing which is which. But I saw them from a bridge above. Like I looked down from a safe bridge and thought, that is a terrifying dinosaur. So I can only imagine if there was one ambling through Main Street. Do they amble? Um, I don't like that part of the well, show. What you just said, Alex, is too scary. Even worse than that, for a long time, there have been a series of hoaxes about sharks. Because in theory, if the water raises high enough on the sea level, sharks could potentially make it to local towns, right? But it's never been proven until what? last year. Uh, 2022 Hurricane Ian, which sounds rather unthreatening for a pretty scary hurricane. A shark was spotted swimming in the flooded streets of Fort Myers, Florida. And not a small shark. It looked about seven or eight feet swimming through the streets in Florida. Okay, here's a pitch for a movie. Y you can't leave your home because it's more flooded somehow outside of your home. Like it's like the doors are shut, but the windows have broken, but the water level has receded a little bit. Or maybe just the shark came in with the rain. So you're in your house, unable to open the doors, but a shark is in the house with you? Thoughts? I think that is a film. There's a film called Crawl from a few years ago. It's in C-R-A-W-L, which is set during a hurricane. And it's but it's with crocodiles who have gotten into, or no, or alligators. I'm, I always get confused. Yeah, it, it's a 2019 American horror film written about uh, a daughter and a father who find themselves trapped in the crawl space of their home and preyed upon by alligators during a Category 5 hurricane in Florida. Wow. Yes. I mean, I guess the good news <laughs> is I work in Hollywood because I can 
can predict which movies are, <laughs> are going to be made. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, so it, it's doable, but maybe we, maybe we get you involved in the sequel, Cameron Esposito for Crawl 2, but it's with sharks, not alligators. Absolutely. And if the sharks can crawl, that's a whole new version of a shark that I'm especially scared <laughs> Well, so you've got, this all comes from a phenomenon where you see alligators and, you know, sharks, which is, listen, it's natural to them. They're as confused as we are, but um, it's through something called a storm surge. And what that is, is you get these really large waves produced by hurricanes. And it, it's sort of basically what they end up doing is the wind pushes the water and you, it can develop like, you know, waves of 20 feet high across hundreds of miles of coastline, which is how you then end up with all this flooding inland. The heavy rain combined with the coastal waters just causes a huge amount of problems. But my question is, you know how hurricanes have names? You and I talked before the show and you mentioned something about Hurricanes with female names. Can you run me through that? Yeah, it's a really bizarre study. So it's, it was a study in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, which doesn't that sound... That sounds really legit. <laughs> it does sound that legit. That sounds really legit. It doesn't sound like a hoot, I'll be honest, but it does sound legit. And they published an article, I think in 2014, about how hurricanes with traditionally female names are considerably deadlier than the ones with male names, which is really bizarre. I, I don't know. Why do you think that is? Well, because in real life, men are deadlier. And so God <laughs> or the universe is balancing things out. Is that, could that be it? And as a gender fluid person, I feel like more hurricanes should be named for gender fluid people. I mean, water fluidity. I don't look, I don't, I don't make the rules, but it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? My theory, which is rather negative, but it does speak to the way some people <laughs> in this country think, is I think there are certain men in this country who subconsciously don't treat even a female hurricane as seriously as a male hurricane. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, and it's worrying that, that that's like a legitimate thing, that that's not ridiculous. Oh I think there will God. be some people who actually think oh like that, God. these mouth breathers. That's Number one, that's probably true. Number two, I feel like there's like... I feel like there's an abortion joke in here somewhere, but I'm not going to make it. And let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on. What do you think, hurricane names more generally, you end up with a situation of, and I do think it, it ties in with the male-female names thing. Do you not think if there was a hurricane called Hurricane Terror and Mass Destruction, people would take it slightly more seriously than Hurricane Barry? <laughs> I, I think they need to up their game. Or just start naming everything. You know what I mean? Like name all possible ways of dying. <laughs> you know, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you can ask Car accident friend. <laughs> like like it, what I'm saying is it's we have, it's one or the other. Like normalize it across the board because it is cute for a natural disaster to have a name. There's a cuteness to it that feels fucked up. Okay, Alex, here's the money shot. How do you actually survive a hurricane? Number one, evacuate if you can. And hopefully it's not one of those situations like from a zombie apocalypse movie where you have to then abandon your car and fight the hurricane physically. Get out. Also get to higher ground. Flooding, very common. If you're inside, move to the second floor. Also, you're going to want to stock up on a non-perishable food, water, if possible. You might want to have like a go bag in your car, which actually is kind of part of living in California. This is something you might not be thinking about, but like 
bring some entertainment options because like you might not have internet and cable for a long time. So yes, like you need water and food, but also like a little puzzle or something, you know, really get your family together around a, a game of Monopoly. And by the way, how I play Monopoly is you can rob the bank. Pardon? I don't think that, that, that's all against <laughs> the spirit of the game, isn't it? My sister and I started playing it this way when we were kids. I don't know who came up with this idea, but there's Monopoly money and that you can you get a certain amount at the beginning of the game and then you have to spend it on properties. But one thing that you can do is rob the bank. <laughs> What does no. And it really is a great equalizer. Right, that has actually annoyed me. Well, great equalizer, yeah, because it's some socialist utopia where e- where everyone owns all of the monopoly because there is unlimited money. Isn't the challenge of monopoly the to work out how you work without money? I don't know. I mean, look at where we are right now in 2023. Banks are robbing banks. Why can't I? I mean, come on. This is let's go. I should also say in re- in regards to you know people who have to end up staying. Um, in their homes because escape is an option for everyone and some people you know a hurricane might just come very suddenly if you can't get out run a bath because clean water is going to be a massive issue and you might find that the pipes and the the taps get cut off quite quickly bath water drinking is pretty disgusting but it's probably better than drinking directly from a street i don't know why i thought what you were going to say is run a bath and just like just calm down you know what i mean light some candles (laughs) It's that thing, you know, if you're like, if you're like flung from a car or something, it's like better if you're relaxed because you'll like break less bones. I thought that's what you were saying. Like if like, or also maybe the water from the bath would somehow communicate with the hurricane water. I don't know. Look, I don't understand how molecules work, but I I didn't think, I just didn't think that's what you were going to say. Okay. I want to get to a real survival story, which is that uh, last year, A Florida man survived raging floodwaters during Hurricane Ian's landfall in southwest Florida thanks to a refrigerator. George Andrade, a sous chef who lived in the bottom floor of a now-destroyed Fort Myers home, told NBC that he rode out the storm by climbing into a refrigerator and using it as an improvised life raft. I think what surprised me about this is that refrigerators don't sink. I would feel like a a refrigerator, in my mind, that's a submarine. Like, yeah. I wouldn't think it floats. I would. Do you know, do you know does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense because when I saw this story, it did strike me as a bit odd. Obviously, you know, it's a very tense situation. He's stuck inside during a hurricane. He hadn't been able to get out. The water was coming into his, his house, his home, and starting to flood. And he looked around and he thought, quick. I need something to float on. What about that couch? No, no, no. We're not going to use the sofa. No, we're going to get into the refrigerator, the the solid metal box. And apparently it worked. So he was just happily bobbing around in the refrigerator until the water very slowly drained out of his, his house again, which is remarkable. I mean, that is so smart. I, it's amazing that that worked. Also, it involves taking shelves out of a refrigerator. Like, there's steps, which I, I think it's amazing that he... Or maybe he got real small and put himself into the meat drawer or something. Oh no, people shouldn't put themselves into a meat drawer. That that also is the plot of a horror movie that I apparently just wrote in my own mind. <laughs> well, I'll Google it actually. Let's see if it was made in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> like we said, we're not experts. When, when you hear the advice, get into a meat drawer when a hurricane strikes, I would take that uh, with, with, a, with a pinch of salt. Also, I think we've, we've missed the irony somewhat that the man who survived, the Florida man who survived by climbing into a refrigerator was a chef. He was a sous chef 
And so naturally he went where he was most comfortable, the refrigerator. Oh my God, Alex, <laughs> number one, that's genius. Number two, I'm so glad he didn't decide to float on a bunch of knives. So some of the advice we've given so far, don't get into a meat shelf in a fridge. Don't try and survive a hurricane by floating on a bed of knives. Just to, to, to get us back on track and give some legitimate advice, because we are a very serious podcast, of course, very serious survival podcast, uh, the Red Cross advises stay away from windows. Obviously, if you've got like a corridor, they actually recommend getting in a closet because at least if the windows break inwards, then you're not going to be badly hurt by that. Alex, but- I'm not getting in a closet. I fought so... This is a gay joke. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Keep going. Keep going. I'm going to be cancelled for this. <laughs> Co-host advises Cameron Esposito to get back in the closet. I know. Alex, keep going. I can't... I mean, it was easy. It was there. Come on. Let's let's go. Let's go. What about swimming through the floods? The fl- I'm like a very strong swimmer. I was the captain of my swim team. In Costa Rica, I just learned to surf for the first time. So like, should I just get right out into the water? <laughs> It wouldn't be my first recommendation. And I, of course, say when I when I say it wouldn't be my first recommendation, uh, the Red Cross advice is desperately against that. Because what happens is sometimes the water will obviously come in during a hurricane. It moves very rapidly. It's like the rapids. And sometimes it, you, if you're on a coastal town, you could be sucked all the way back to the sea. They suggest do not get in the water. It's it's filthy and dangerous. Yeah, that's. I realized as you were talking, besides getting sucked <laughs> back into the sea, which is a terrible phrase that, you, that just left your mouth. I also realized, like, that water is bad. Don't swim in that water. Well, it could be full of chemicals, sewage, alligators, maybe sharks. I think sewage is, that's, that's immediately what came to mind, and nopes. Now it's time for What's in Cameron's Backpack, where I'll be given a series of scenarios related to a life-threatening event, in this case, a hurricane, and I'll have to explain how I'd survive. I have a backpack full of items, which could help, but unfortunately, it's been packed by producer Alex. That means some of the items are shit. So Alex, what am I up against and what's in my backpack? Scenario number one, you've just seen on the news that a category four hurricane, hurricane? The Category 4 hurricane is set to strike your hometown in a matter of hours, but you're not sure if your house can withstand the force. Category 4, quite high, quite fast. You're thinking of evacuating, but your car won't start. You look in your backpack. You have a pair of rollerblades. You have two rolls of duct tape and you have a child-sized tricycle. This couldn't be easier. It's a pair of rollerblades. You, I don't, Alex, we've never discussed this, and you are so screwed by setting me up with this question. I am excellent at rollerblading. <laughs> like in my 20s when rollerblading was not cool, I mean, sort of come back in, I used to rollerblade 20 miles down this path behind my house that other people were bicycling on. Rollerblading in cargo shorts for 20 miles. And that, Alex, is why I will never go back in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) Give me that next scenario. (laughs) Let's move straight on to the second scenario then. A massive hurricane is raging outside, but don't worry, you've managed to seal your house and are safely inside. However, you notice a small leak in your wall and water suddenly begins to enter your dining room. You need something to patch the hole. In your backpack, you have your birth certificate. You have an autographed sweater given to you by your hero, Linda Hamilton. And you have five $100 bills. What are you going to use? Well, look, 
Linda's going to get me through a lot. Obviously, as you know, Sarah Connor, she's like one of the first women to train for a movie. She was just had a baby. She's she was pregnant and then she and she did Terminator 2 right after that. I don't have to tell you that Linda is always the sure bet. Plus, she'll give me another autograph sweater. So, yeah, I plug the hole with Linda Hamilton's sweater. And honestly, thank you so much for saving me and humanity. <laughs> Brilliant. And straight on to our third and final scenario. A hurricane has just ripped through your neighborhood, but you made it and your house is mostly fine. However, the surrounding streets are all flooded. So could be filled with all sorts of sharks, alligators and general sewage. And that's a bit nasty. But then you realize you have no food in the house. In your backpack, you have a fishing rod, you have a big net, and you have a cooking book titled 101 Ways to Cook and Eat Tree Bark. What do you use to get you through it? These are the worst options. I hate these options, fine. <laughs> the tree bark, I guess. I mean, a fishing rod, I love fish, but like, I don't really know how to fish. You know, that thing of like, give a man a fish and he eats for a day, teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime, nobody, Everybody's just given, been giving this man a fish. I don't know how to. I don't know how to fucking fish. A big net. What's that for? I. What is that for? I, the sky? Birds? What are you talking about? Oh, I. I thought it was open to interpretation. You. You could. If you're not very good with a fishing rod, you could try and catch a uh -huh. fish with it. Or if there's a pigeon, you could try and catch a bird. What about gator? What about I catch a gator in my big net? No, I can't. I can't flay a gator. I'm sorry, I said the word flay. Here's what I'm trying to say. It's the bark. It's the bark. It's 101 ways to cook and eat tree bark. 100%. I'm. I'm outmoded in those other areas. Okay. Obviously, we just solved how to survive a hurricane. But up next, we will be playing Alex's signature game: Thrive, Survive, and Take a Dive. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat. Available now. What if you could become stronger, more resilient, cure disease, and all you have to do is get naked in the cold and breathe? You get into ice water, and instead of like freaking out, you relax. It's called the Wim Hof Method, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Justin Bieber love it. I do the ice plunge because it's good for your body. But there's also a dark side. How many people have died doing the Wim Hof Method? We can override even death. Listen on the podcast Infamous. That's Infamous, playing now. Okay, it's Thrive, Survive, and Take a Dive. Producer Alex has come up with three celebrities in an ultimate survival scenario. Now, I have to explain who will thrive, who will survive, and who will take a dive. It's kind of similar to, to Kiss, Mary, Avoid. Uh, Alex, you said Kiss, Mary, Avoid instead of Fuck, Mary, Kill. Uh, yeah, I, we love it. I think, it, well, it was a bit more podcast-friendly, but we, we could do similar to this. Yeah. <laughs> this is all very podcast-friendly. You pick these names from randomcelebritygenerator.com, so it could be anyone. Can you tell me this week's names? This week's names are Ryan Reynolds, famous actor, uh, Mary Kay Olsen, 
and uh, singer, big star in 2010, Kesha. And you'll have to decide who is best suited to surviving a hurricane. One thing that's so funny is you gave no context for Mary-Kate Olsen. Like, you said Ryan Reynolds is a famous actor, Kesha's a famous singer, but Mary-Kate Olsen needs no context. Okay, who will survive, thrive, and take a dive? Ryan Reynolds, Mary-Kate Olsen, and Kesha? Kesha, okay, survive Ryan Reynolds. Look at his abs. Thrive Kesha. Kesha will thrive amidst any scenario. We all know that. And who's going to take a dive? It's Mary-Kate Olsen. Because she will obviously be unable to move forward without looking for and considering her sister. And I don't mean Ashley. I'm talking Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> so you think she, she's just going to be paralyzed without the, without at least one of the sisters there with her? You got to bring your sisters with you. If there's anything I learned from a childhood of having two sisters, it's don't leave your sisters behind. Okay, let's wrap up the episode by summarizing what we have learned. Number one, sisters, you have to bring them with you. That is non-negotiable. Fridges, they float. Also, I still have no idea whether a Category 4 hurricane is greater or lesser than a Category 3. Like, are they going up or down in terms of scale? Now, would I survive a hurricane or die trying? <laughs> you know I'd survive. I'm riding that shark right out of that town. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'm Cameron Esposito. We'll be back each Wednesday with another episode of Survive or Die Trying. Survive or Die Trying is produced by Sony Music Entertainment. The executive producers are Jasmine Henley-Brown and Cameron Esposito. Our senior producer is Medina Parwana, and our producer is Alex Zonneveld. Engineering is done by Sam Baird. 